New Year's, and a lot of you decide to take uh, New Year's resolutions and uh, get serious about it. You're like, that's it. No more sweets on Tuesdays, right? I don't know. You're like, maybe no more sweets for the whole year. Uh, no more soda. I've heard that a lot. No more soda. Soda's awesome, man. You can have soda if you want. I don't know. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but if you've decided that, right? Or maybe you're like, that's it. I'm going to start working out. I'm going I'm to work out. Next month, I'm starting. And here we, here we go. And uh, we get really serious, and then we kind of back off a little at the same time, don't we? And, and uh, man, what do your New Year's resolutions look like for 2019? What are you going after? And, and uh, here's a challenge. What if we went after for 2019, God, I'm ready to see some of the sin that's had a grip on me gone. Lord, I'm ready to see some of what's been taking over in my life, some habits I've been having, they need to stop. And and Lord, I'm ready to give this to you. Lord, may you have the glory. Now, that's a New Year's resolution, man. And my hope and prayer is that we could partner together and go after that. This series we're in is called On Guard, On Guard. And how to go after a spiritual battle that is all about victory with God doing a change in my life, all right? That's what we're going to be going through. And on guard. So do this with me. Turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 6. Romans chapter 8, starting in verse 6. And there's a couple of things we're going to have to note as we get going. Today is setting the understanding of it all. The struggle defined is what this sermon is called. So point number one, know the battlefield within, mind, flesh, and spirit. Know the battlefield within, mind, flesh, spirit. Make sure you understand how you're built and structured inside. See, all too often we think we know and we understand. We think we kind of have it, but the reality is we don't quite grasp how God has us built and structured, so we don't know what's faltering, what's failing, and where the sin is even coming from. Okay, And so it's really important we know what's going on inside before we even know what's going on outside. And uh, so what's going on inside? Know the battlefield within, mind, flesh, and spirit. Here we go. We'll start with Romans chapter 8, verse 6. It says, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Let's just start again in verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. Literally in the original language, um, mindset of death. That's what it is. It's not, there's no verbs in the sentence actually. It's like mindset of death. Like if you have this mindset of the flesh, it is of death. And literally the way the flesh thinks is me. The way the flesh thinks is it's going to be all about self-satisfaction. And what comes from that on the backside is, well, death. And what kind of death? Well, literally a physical death. Genesis 3, super clear on that, that when sin was brought into this world, so came with that physical death. There is an ending to these bodies. We deal with sickness and we do deal with the loss of physical life. All of that because of sin in this world that we brought in as human beings. And physical death, yes, but more than that, 
It's also a spiritual death. There is a separation from God. There is an isolation forever. There is eternity without him. And that's what hell is, a pain and a struggle separate from our God. And as we demand and live a life that says, it's going to be all about me, there is something that comes at the end of that. And it is physical death and it is spiritual, eternal death. It is hell. And he's like, make sure you understand, man, flesh and living only for flesh, selfishness, it leads to one spot, death. And for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. To set the mind on the spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Holy Spirit. Right? This is the Holy Spirit, to be able to grasp what he has to say, to understand how he's moving, to grasp what he is valuing and how he is glorifying the Son, to get after that brings life and peace. Eternal life is had through a relationship with God Almighty, believing that Jesus Christ has died on the cross and has risen again, that there is life and hope in him. Trusting in our God, the Holy Spirit, to do a work in us and to begin to change one degree of glory at a time. Man, that's saved. Being able to say, God, you're in charge. Take over in my life. I'm not. Just so you know, the flesh is like, I'm in charge. To be able to say, God, you're in charge is a divine moment taking place. That is saved. God, take over in my life. And he's like, just so you know, when you put your mind on the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, there is life and Peace, peace. There is a calm in the midst of the storm. Peace. There is a, a, an anxiousness that subsides, an anger that goes away. And you can tell the difference between when you have a peace rolling in your life and when you don't, right? And he's like, just so you know, there is a peace that comes with knowing the Holy Spirit and having your mind set on him. In fact, this peace is, yes, both physically calming but it's also spiritual. Romans 5.1, it says that if you are justified by faith, you have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. There is peace that comes with God Almighty. We are literally standing against God before salvation. We're shaking a fist at him, and God is actually bringing in salvation that brings resignation of I'm in charge, handing it over to God, you're in charge, and it literally begins to bring a life into us. And the anger and the angst of us standing against God is gone. There is peace. And that's what he's talking about. He's like, make sure that you have your mind set on the Holy Spirit, not on the flesh. It says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. And let's just hang right there for a moment and let's make sure we get this picture really well. There's a couple of words that are thrown in here, right? There's flesh and there's mind and there's spirit. And let's make sure we grasp how this all plays out. And so we've got an image here. Let's throw the graphic up on the board here. And we've talked about this before, right? And so you can see we've got the flesh down in the lower left. This is that part of us that loves to think me, it always thinks me. Like, let's make sure whatever we go after is best for me, right? That's the flesh in you that's banging all the time, okay? And then on the top, you see the mind. This is that part that processes and values. 
the mind, there's a choice to actually be able to put the mind on the spirit, which is the third part down in the bottom. You see the capital S spirit. That's when we're saved. The Holy Spirit takes up residence in our souls with us. His spirit with our spirit. And so our mind literally can choose between, am I going to listen to the Holy Spirit or am I going to listen to the flesh? And as we choose to listen to the flesh, the flesh is banging, come on, man, make it all about you. And the spirit is saying, all right, let's really think this through. Let's glorify God. Let's make sure that others are, right? We bring it all together. And the spirit bringing this awesome holiness moment. And so it's the mind and the spirit. And as we live mind connected to spirit, there's life, there is peace, there is joy, there is satisfaction. And as we let our minds start to listen to the flesh, there becomes a selfishness, a self-absorption, an anger, a fighting, a battling, and all the rest. Right? And so this is a simple picture. That little block that we put there, that's what it looks like to be saved. There is a renewing of the mind that takes place. Right? We see that from Romans 12, verse 2. There is a renewing of the mind. God literally starts to shape our mind, the way we think and what we value. There is actually a renewing of the spirit that is taking place. This is the transforming work of God. Please hear me on this. Ready? The changing of your mind and your spirit is supernatural. There is no way you can make it happen. Super important we get this. Like as we go into 2019 and we're like, that's it. Time to get a little victory over sin. Just so you know, if you're like, I'm just going to do that myself. Like, there's no hope of that, man. What we end up doing in that is we just start muscling it in the moment. It doesn't bring it to bear. We need our mind literally being transformed. We need our spirit being shaped. We need God with us. Ready? And all of God's people said, we need God with us. And God's doing a work on that rectangle over there, the mind and the spirit. Just so you know, God is not doing a work on the flesh. It's really important you get that. It is not in our lives that flesh becomes less. It is in our lives that mind and spirit become stronger, more holy, and more God-honoring. Flesh still hanging around, banging. By the way, flesh, it doesn't mean the physical stuff of us. It means this me of us, right? And it hangs there and always equally banging loud, me. But as the mind and the spirit get strengthened and transformed, we get an ability to ignore the banging and clanging of me. That's victory. Lord, change my mind. Lord, change my spirit. Like, if you've ever had this question, why am I always so selfish when I get like that? Because flesh is screaming and you happen to be listening. Time to stop listening. Right? Ready? And all of God's people said. That's what it looks like for victory. Lord, the banging and the clanging of me is going to be there. I get it. May I start listening to you. Lord, change me. Shape me. I'm ready to hear from you. Okay. That said, that's a starting point. Let's just put a word picture to it now. All right? You ready? So I've worked this out for a whole two days. So we started this word picture on Friday night. We were out to dinner talking with a couple. And, and so here we go. We're going to roll it out. Maybe there's some heresy in it. We'll have to figure it out over time. All right, here we go. Bottom line, picture this sea, this huge water, and we're going to label this sea flesh, me. It's this sea inside of me, this sea of meanness, this sea of sinfulness, this sea of selfishness, and that's the flesh, okay? And then on top of the sea of flesh, 
of selfishness is floating this little dinghy. It's a boat of your mind and your spirit floating on the sea of selfishness. And what happens all the time is our little dinghy gets upset, right? Circumstances push down. Satan pushes down. The world pushes down. And the little dinghy dips. And we start taking in a water of selfishness of me. It just pours into the boat. Whoosh. And now we're like all over me now. It's just about me, right? Something pushes on me, boom, and I take on me. And I get all about me. And so many times throughout our day as we're living life, we're living along, we're doing great, we're worshiping God, things are going cool. I started out well this morning, I had some great devotions, I'm celebrating God, and all of a sudden, whoosh, and we get pushed, and the me floods into the boat, right? Am I alone on this? Okay, you with me? And so, Lord, please help my dinghy not to dip, <laughs> right? I don't know, man, I'm telling you, it could get heretical here a little bit, just <laughs> I'm telling you, Lord, help this dinghy of mind and spirit as it's floating on the sea of self to get stronger in you. And maybe the boat gets bigger as God does it work. Maybe he puts more buoys around it so it floats better and it's harder to dip. Whatever God's doing, Lord, strengthen my boat as I float on the sea of selfishness. Because please hear me, man, that sea of selfish does not go until you die and go to heaven. Heaven, the flesh is gone. Praise be to God. Ready? And all of God's people said, no more flesh. Can you imagine that? Never anything ever tapping on your shoulder saying, should be all about you right now, man. Never again. The sea of flesh, the sea of selfishness gone eventually. But man, I'm telling you, this side of heaven your little dinghy is floating on a giant sea of selfishness. And the things that push on your boat and cause it to dip and all of a sudden to take on water, the circumstances and Satan pushing in and the world pushing in and, and all of that, God help me as you begin to strengthen my craft to be able to survive better on the sea of selfishness. Ready? And all of God's people said, so, man, are we going to be able to do this? Well, only if we recognize that God's doing a work on my boat and the sea of selfishness is going to remain. See, all too often we're like, God, take away the desire. Have you ever prayed that? Lord, take away the desire. And here's what you're praying. Lord, get rid of the sea of selfishness. Lord, take away the flesh. And he's like, just so you know, that's not where I'm going. It's going to be there. But I'm going to shore you up so that you can ignore its clanging and banging. So the boat doesn't dip and you don't take on me in the midst of it. You just have your mind set on the spirit. And all of God's people said, dude, that's what victory looks like. Lord, make my boat strong that I might weather the storms of me. Okay? That's where we're headed. Now it says... For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh, right, the one who is constantly taking on water, selfishness, the sea of selfishness is pouring into the boat regularly. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Just so you know, the sea of selfishness in your soul 
It does not care about God. It does not want to honor God. It will not honor God because to honor God, then it must say, forget about me. But that's not what it's there for at all. It's clamoring for me to be recognized. So it stands against God with all it's got. Know the sea of selfishness and know it well. Man, it is hostile to God. There is a part of our soul that is called flesh, and it is clamoring for me and only me to be recognized. Hostile to God. It says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. So for all of you who have ever been a part of any kind of group where you're like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get really real on our sin, and we're just going to hammer each other until the sin stops. All right, everybody say that's a terrible plan. Right, asceticism doesn't get it done. And as we try to beat down on the flesh, we're trying to stop the sea of selfishness from existing, and it doesn't work. Right, trying to push down on, get rid of those desires doesn't get it done. And Lord, change my boat. Lord, do a transforming work. That's the only way it gets done. Me trying to take over doesn't get it done. The flesh is absolutely hostile to God and it will remain that way forever. It cannot submit. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. In the flesh. Man, if you are not saved, if you have not trusted Christ, please hear me on this phrase today. Not saved means the flesh will constantly be banging for me and you will always be taking on water. There is no spirit to be shaping and transforming the boat. There is no Christ, therefore, in the salvation moment. Long for your God to be a part of your life. Hand it over to him with all you've got. Lord Jesus, take over. What a way to start 2019. You're in charge. Man, let him take over in your life and watch God do an amazing work. He's like, just so you know, if you are in the flesh, dude, it's not a good moment. And the mindset on the flesh is going to constantly be thinking about me. But if you are in the flesh, if it's just that, it's just always about me and trying to wrestle through that battle on and off. It says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. And uh, the spirit of God dwells in you. I love this statement. Literally, it is God jumping in the boat with you. Holy Spirit in me. He talks about our body being a temple. It is also a boat floating on a sea of selfishness. And now you end up taking on another partner as the Holy Spirit climbs in the boat with you. You're not alone, man. If you're saved, you have Holy Spirit with you. And remember back to that picture. You've got the mind and you've got this little ass spirit, your spirit, connecting with the Holy Spirit. And he is now doing a work as he sits in the boat with you and he starts to transform this boat. He is fully aware of what rocks your boat. And he knows exactly what needs to be changed. God with you. Man, our hope for transformation is we have a God with us who is beginning to transform us and he is right there with us. It says, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you. That word dwell literally means makes a home with. He's not there sometimes. He's there all the time. Dwells with, makes a home with you. 
Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. Now, I'll just tell you, notice in the verse before it, it says Spirit of God. Then it says Spirit of Christ. And both are interchangeable. And just so you know, if you want a proof of Jesus is God, right? Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ, same thing. And he's like, let's make sure we understand. The Holy Spirit comes in and takes up residence. And Jesus is God. And you have the presence of God in the boat with you doing a major work on your life as he begins to transform this boat one little bit at a time, one buoy being added at a time, one extra piece of wood being added to that boat to make it a little bit more weathering capable, your boat getting stronger in Jesus Christ. Ready? And all of God's people said, Lord, transform my boat. My mind and my spirit, may you take over. That's what it looks like, all right? And, um, so I'll just say this. We've talked a lot about muscling it around here, right? Muscling it. Like, I'm going to make this happen. Like, I know this needs to change. I'm going to change it. And uh, everybody say, that's a terrible plan, right? Muscling it. It doesn't get it done. And I'm just telling you, muscling it is the same as I'm going to try to use the flesh to knock out the flesh. Like, it doesn't get it done, it's, God, I'm longing for you to do a work in my boat so that I can float better. That gets it done, all right? Muscling it. Lord, I'm going to try to get rid of the sea of selfishness. Doesn't happen, okay? And Galatians 3.3, it says, what? Were you saved by the Spirit, and now you're going to be sanctified by the flesh? Giant question mark. Like, that doesn't work. May we not use our effort and our selfishness to try to beat in some sort of godliness or righteousness. May we instead say, Lord, I am longing for you to do a work. I'm handing this to you. I humble myself. I confess this sin. And I'm ready for you to start changing. God starts building up that boat like you would not believe. All right? Man, there's hope. There is hope in the midst of this. So uh, how do I know? If I'm taking on water from the sea of selfishness, how do I know? Uh, I just wrote this, the top focus of a mind set on the flesh. Top focus of a mind set on the flesh. One word. Ready? Me. One word. Me. If everything coming out of your mouth is what about me, you probably have taken on some pretty heavy-duty water. Okay? Me. Like, I want it to benefit me. I want it to show me off. I want it to feel good. Me, 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 right? Or then we get really artistic and subtle. Now we're like, it's not about me. It's about you. And as I help you, I'm awesome. Me, right? So now we get a little bit more, like, subtle. We start getting out there with it and trying to polish it up so the me looks a little bit more acceptable. And be careful, man, that's still me. Me, the word from the flesh is me. All right, the top focus of a mindset on the spirit, right? So we have the flesh, we have the spirit, the opposite side. So the top focus of the mindset on the flesh is me. What would you say if you had one or two words to put down? And think about it. What would you say? The top focus of the spirit is, think about it. Make sure you get an answer. If your answer is, not me, wrong. And you're like, really? I'm like, not kidding. Hang on. 
wrong. It's not not me. It's just more inclusive than me, right? And if your answer was Jesus, the answer is always Jesus at church, right? Like, well, it's wrong. It's too narrow. You're missing it. One word, us. Me is the flesh. Us is the spirit. It is God Almighty, number one. He will get the glory. It is others around you and what's happening with them. And it's also me. Like, really? Do you have a proof for that, Tim? Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 40. It's called the great commandment. Jesus is asked, hey, what's the great commandment? He said, here's the first. Love the Lord your God. Right? So make sure you've got God in your answer. Right? Love the Lord your God. And love your neighbor. Make sure you've got others in the answer as yourself. And make sure you have you in the answer. It is God, others, and you. Or as you may have heard the acronym if you grew up in some traditional church, right? Jesus, others, you. Joy, right? And it is all of us. It is us. It's not just Jesus. Ignore me. Man, this self-loathing plan does not get it done. That is not biblical. Not at all. Not at all. Let me say it one more time. Self-loathing, not biblical at all. It's not the opposite of me, not me. It's more inclusive than me. God Almighty, others as well, and me. By the way, Jesus left that as kind of the no duh. He's like, love the Lord your God, love your neighbor as yourself. It's a given you're going to love yourself, right? It's a given you're going to go after you. And even when we try to hate self, we usually try to do it in some way that's benefiting self. Just so you know, it's always about self. Getting away from self doesn't really get it done, okay? And so it's me is the indicator of the flesh. Us is the indicator of the spirit. God at the helm. Him first and him, his glory, okay? That's what it looks like. If we can get that down, if we can start to recognize when we have water in the boat, it's going to go a lot better. If you're going through your day and all of a sudden you're like, man, I'm really about me right now. I'm pretty bent that these people are not fill in the blank. I must have taken on water somewhere. What's going on? Lord, help me to get a little stronger. Lord, help me to bail the selfishness out of this boat. Lord, may I get my mind set on you. What do I need to hear? What do I need to confess? I'm ready to get this square. I'm just telling you that prayer will be stunning for redirecting you immediately in the moment and God starting to do a change. Lord, I've taken on some selfishness. I'm ready to hear from you. Ready? And all of God's people said, this is a huge deal, man. Get ready to recognize a little bit of water in the boat. It's a big deal. Okay? And... Uh, all right, that said, hey man, the NFL playoffs are on us. And uh, some of you care about the NFL, some of you couldn't care less. Uh, I gotta be honest, I'm a Bears fan, uh, diehard Bears fan. Uh, by diehard, I mean 1985 was awesome. <laughs> and since then, it's been pretty rough, right? And, and I still watch, and I'm going to watch, and I'm, I'm excited to watch. And I'm just telling you, I was that kind of Bears fan who back in... 85, 86, even in 91, 92, when my wife first met me and we were talking and I was the guy who, when the Bears had a bad game on Sunday, my Monday was horrible. Like I was that guy. Like it really got to me. 
I was, what are they doing? Why are they doing that? Why can't they? They should sow. I can't believe they lost that at the last moment. And like it literally train wrecked my Monday and sometimes Tuesday and Wednesday, right? But, but Sunday came again and man, we were ready. Were my Sundays all about the wrong thing or what? I'm like, it's all about Bears games. What in the world? I was missing everything about the proper focus of it. And you know what it took? It took 33 years of the Bears losing nonstop <laughs> for me to recognize it's not about that. And, uh, and honestly, I'm like, I'm in a good spot now. Like, I love watching the Bears. I love watching them win. I'm sad when they lose. I can move on pretty fast. Bears are in the playoffs today. Like, I'm excited for them. There's only one way a team in the NFL wins. Ready? Number one, you must know your own strengths and weaknesses. You must. You can't come in with a game plan that doesn't align at all with who you have as your people, as your personnel. You have to know your own strengths and weaknesses, and you've got to build a plan around that. And number two, and you have to know the strengths and weaknesses of the opponent, and you've got to know what's going on there. And if you don't set things up on both fronts, you have a terrible game plan, right? And the bottom line is knowing yourself. That's been this whole first point. Man, are you aware of how you're built with a sea of selfishness flowing all the time? And you are a dinghy floating on the top, your mind and your spirit, always at risk of a little bit of dips and pushes that could take on self. Man, as you start to get that, Lord, I long that I could float better on this sea of selfishness. Lord, I long for my boat to be more strong and more courageous and more God-honoring May you do a change in me, change my mind, change my spirit. That's what it looks like. So simple question, what's your weakness? Where do you tend to falter? Maybe another way to say it, what's that sin you keep going back to? Where does your boat dip and you keep taking on water? However many ways I can say this metaphor, right? What's your thing that needs to change? Make sure you get it. Lord God, I'm ready for you to take over. Right? And I'm ready for you to do a work in this area. Hand it to him. And all of God's people said, all right, point number two. Point number two. Know your enemies. So before it was know yourself. Now it's know your enemies the world, the flesh, the devil. And we'll talk a little bit about the fact that the flesh is actually one of your enemies as well. It's part of you and it's one of your enemies. That's a bummer, right? And uh, know your enemies, world, flesh, and devil. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. And uh, we're not going to spend as much time on this point as we did on the first point because this point we're going to break out into one week for each of these segments and we're going to spend a whole week on it, all right? So we're really going to get expert on some of the enemies that we're going to have to face, okay? So we're going to spend a little bit of time here just so I make sure we got it set up and you know what's going on. So uh, know your enemies, the world, the flesh, the devil. Here we go. It says, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Let's just hold right there. You were dead. Everybody say were. Past tense. 
He's talking to the church at Ephesus. He's talking to believers. And he's like, just so we're clear, before you were saved, you were considered dead. Dead. That's not a good word, just so you know. It's a word that means lifeless. No response. Spiritually speaking, no ability to respond to God at all. Dead. That's what that means. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. In all the stuff that you did that was always about the sea of selfishness. Right? You continued to walk, taking on water, your boat getting dipped everywhere. It was about you. It wasn't about God. It was all about you. And you had a lifelessness in the midst of that. It says, ready? Following the course of this world. Right? Everybody say world. That's a big time enemy for us. Following the course of this world. That word course, it means there's sort of a general plan of the world. I'll say it this way. The world, it's, as an enemy, it's more like landmines being set out. They're designed specifically to take out really kind of any humanity. This is how human beings' boats are a little wobbly. Let's take it out that way. And so the world is designed around general uh, enticement to me, right? In all these different ways. It's a ways of trying to dip the boat so that the sea of selfishness can come in. And all of us have these general vulnerabilities. And the world is sort of a landmine set out there. It's not designed specifically against you. It's designed against all humanity. We all tend to trip like this. It calls and woos to self in various ways. And there's ways to battle that. And we're going to talk about that in one of the weeks as we go after it. But the world here, that's the first enemy, the one that we were dead in as we followed the course of the world. Then it says, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, the prince of the power of the air. Everybody say the devil. Okay, so the world, the devil, just say it with me, the world, the devil. Those are our first two, right? The world is these landmines. Now we have the devil, this very specific evil being whose goal is to take out, ready, we're going to stay with the metaphor, whose goal is to take out our dinghy right? I'm going to make you take on water. Like if I can't break the salvation, the least I can do is make you really self-absorbed in the moment. I'm going to dip your dinghy and make you take on water. Satan's view towards you. Now know this, Satan is not just a landmine kind of hit, general humanity. He knows you, he knows your weaknesses, he knows where you tend to fall, and he knows exactly which point on the boat to push because it'll go down real easy right there. Right? And he comes and he pushes right on that spot. And there's some very specific ways to be able to battle that. And we'll talk through that. Okay? We have a very pointed spot of the prince of the power of the air. It says, the spirit now at work in the sons of disobedience. Uh, that's the ones that are not saved. Sons of disobedience. Everybody not trusting in Jesus Christ. Everybody going after self. Everybody making it about themselves. The sons of disobedience. It says, among whom we all once lived. So man, if you're talking to somebody who's not saved and you're like, son of disobedience is what the Bible says about this one I'm talking to. Just know, and you were once there too. Right? Ready? And all of God's people said. Man, we all have walked 
in our own selfishness. And may we know and understand that we have salvation through God and God alone. And it isn't us and our greatness. It is him and his greatness. Praise be to God. And so our job and our goal as we talk to others is to bring the love and the sincerity and the recognition that I've been there too. And man, there's an awesome God come worship him with. Watch God get all the glory and watch him do an amazing work in your life. It's gentle, it's tender, it's sweet, it's powerful, and it's passionate. May God get all the glory, right? He's like, just so you know, Satan is at work and all those that are unsaved. It says, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh. So the world, the devil, and now the flesh. Everybody say the flesh. So now we're going to say it together, put them all three together. The world, the devil, the flesh. Those are the three. Those are the three listed in Ephesians 2. Those are the three that we have to learn to battle. The world, the devil, the flesh. This sea of selfishness flowing inside of you. Yes, the world is like landmines and Satan is like a sniper attack, very specifically hitting you right on your weakness, right? And the flesh is like that inside spy, double agent, flipping you over even though it's a part of you. And making you go the wrong way. The flesh. This is a war, man. You are at war. And the goal of seeing any victory in sin is being able to recognize who's ultimately going to win and who's in charge. And that is Jesus Christ and God Almighty. And all of God's people said, man, we have one sweet privilege as we jump into 2019 here. Lord, I cannot wait to see you do a work on my boat, on my mind and spirit. I cannot wait to see you start to transform me so that I take on less of me in a given day. May it be all about you, Lord. Us in the midst. He says here um, that we lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath. Just so you know, God does stand against selfish sinfulness that has nothing to do with Jesus. And that stand is called wrath. He takes a justice position that says, nope, that's not going down. So man, if you're here today and you're like, I don't know about this Jesus thing and I'm kind of done talking about sin right now, It's time for me to get on with 2019. I got some weightlifting I want to do, and I got to hit the Bears game, right? Like, if that's where you're at today, that's creepy because I just made all that up, right? I have no idea what's going on in your life. And if you're like, who told them about me? I don't know anything about you, right? But know this, man, if you're in here today and you're like, I don't want to have anything to do with this, please hear me. And don't go off into the sea of selfishness and try to make it all work. It doesn't work. And while our body clamors for something and our mind even clamors for it, when the spirit is allowed to speak, you will be amazed at what he has to say. Listen to the Holy Spirit and watch God work in your life, will you? Please. He says here at the end that we are children of wrath like the rest of mankind. We all have been in that position. And uh, Man, please hear me. Know this, there is a battle inside ourselves. The mind and the spirit 
afloat on a sea of selfishness, the flesh. That's the battle going on. There is an outside pressure coming in, whether it be tough circumstances that push on your boat, right? Or Satan himself going, I know where they're weak. This is what matters to them. Watch, watch this. And a push down on that one spot and your boat dips and you start taking on the sea of selfishness, right? Or maybe it's just the landmines of the world and the weak spots you've got as the world presses in on, you know, whatever it might be, money, power, sexuality, those are landmines, gigantic landmines out there that just draw to the sea of selfishness and push on different parts of the boat and see where you're weak. Man, are you ready to take this battle to another notch? Are you ready to go on guard? May God get all the glory. Please hear me, man. This is no toying around. This means war. Satan will lose in the end. And all of God's people said, Satan will lose in the end. And this world order has nothing compared to Christ. But it is our job to begin to worship him and surrender with all we've got. You can have it all, God. I'm ready to worship you. Are you in? Are you ready to have God rock your world with the simple changes that he makes to your little dinghy of mind and spirit? so that you start floating stronger, you start rising higher, and God gets all the glory as you care for him, you care for others, and you care for yourself. Are you in? Looking for a real answer now, ready? Are you in? May God get all the glory in 2019. Let's pray. 